And while protesters were certainly engaged in a very peaceful way, that's true in most parts of the country, rioters, not as much. And in the White House, President Trump was taken into the bunker on Friday. You had more than 50 Secret Service agents who were injured, and you had reporters who were threatened, chased out, and it could have gotten really ugly. Tony Katz, Tony Katz today, good to be with you. Leland Vittert of Fox News joins us right now. Noon to two on Saturday, one to two on Sunday, and of course, he joins us every single week. Uh, but you were the story. You were there Friday night. You're doing your reporting. You're doing your job. Uh, and the crowd, they decided they had had uh, uh, enough of you. Take me through the timeline. You know, Tony, as a reporter and a journalist, if you be, if you become the story, it's a personal failure. You know, that, that, that's not what I ever ventured to be. And in this case, I was made the story not by choice. You know, we were, we were really targeted in that crowd as I was reporting there was a fellow with a hoodie and a black bandana over his face who kept following us around with a camera you know who are you working for why are you here who do you work for pestering us and these things happen and it's clear that nobody's interested in selling girl scout cookies uh so i just kind of moved around and deflected and demurred as we went through this and all of a sudden before what would become our last live shot i saw this guy off to the side and he had his camera out and was scrolling through screenshots and finally found me. And he said to a couple people around him, that's the guy with Fox news. That's Fox news. And then the anchor Shannon Breen pitched to me and I started talking and that's when they jumped in front of the camera and started yelling at Fox news, et cetera. This has happened before you kind of go down to the ground, the camera goes up, you say, Hey, you know, media critics out here we're going to send it back to you and you move on and normally the crowd just goes away that's not what happened here you know this crowd then there were more people and more people and more people and the mob surrounded us they stopped you know throwing things at the white house and throwing bricks at the secret service agents and fireworks at the secret service agents and started attacking us and then it took us about two blocks of lincoln arms to be able to get out of the situation so let's start with you're there you're, this crowd is already in, as you would describe it, a violent place. They're throwing sure. bricks and rocks at at the White House, at Secret Service agents, at the actual physical White House? Well, they were a long way from the White House. Right. But in, and the Secret Service agents were trying to keep them from getting to the fence line. The, you know, the White House has many, many layers. But starting in Lafayette Park, which up until Friday you could – have a very beautiful picnic in and was a lovely spot to sit and look at the White House and sort of this oasis in Washington. Uh, there's a, a line of what they call bicycle barricades, but it's just those, you know, they're about waist high iron barricades ne- put up next to each other. The crowd had, had broken through a lot of those. The Secret Service, with their riot gear, put them back up and actually handcuffed a bunch of them together, and the crowd had pushed those over as well. So the Secret Service had its line of, of riot police on Pennsylvania Avenue trying to keep the protesters from getting to the White House fence line. So there you are. You're you're doing your broadcast. They interrupt you. You're not able to continue. And you're like, okay, it's time to go. You realize it's dangerous. Now, people don't know this about you, talking to Leland Vittert of Fox News. You've got a history. You were there. 
broadcasting in Tahrir Square. You used to do the broadcasts uh, and were uh, the Fox man in Jerusalem for a, uh, a few years. You've seen this kind of stuff before. I have seen this kind of stuff before. And look, I've covered riots that were much more violent and clashes that were much, much more violent, both in Tahrir Square and in the West Bank in Israel and in lots of other places. There was one other time in my career that the crowd turned on us and the violence turned towards us. And that was in Tahrir Square. One time the Muslim Brotherhood uh, had some of their goons who came after us and surrounded us. And and it was very similar. Interestingly enough, then we were able to get away without really being assaulted. Um, In in this case that we you know, we were we actually took some some thumpings. So um, talking one of our Vitter to Fox News. So you and your crew, you've got a camera guy. I think you had a security guy with you, someone else. You guys are basically arm in arm uh, or arm over shoulder, I should say. You've got your cameras, you've got microphones. And you're like, OK, we're getting out. And you start walking out and through this crowd. The crowd, well, the crowd is the crowd, following yeah, The crowd you. was surrounding us. Right. The, the crowd surrounded us. And we're in the rule is you stay together link arms, and you don't stop moving. Um, there were four of us, and it, one guy took a shot, uh, a punch to the jaw. I had took a bunch of shots, you know, kidney and body shots. Um, a guy threw a microphone, the, grabbed my microphone out of my head, hand, and then threw it at my head, and it hit just below my head and then some other places. I mean, it was a, it was a very violent encounter, and my hand, hats off to the Daily Caller and a couple of other news organizations whose camera crews left the protest and followed the crowd. And I think it gave some, a little bit of protection to us because people saw the cameras and were less likely to really beat us. Um, and we, it took us two blocks to get to the, the next line of police. And that's when the crowd dissipated. So it was a, it was a, it was the most scared I had been, as I said, since that time in Tucker square. They're following you. They took, ripped your microphone out of your hand and threw it at you. They ripped a camera out of one of your camera people's hand and stole the camera. What are they saying to the, you as you're walking away? The, the F Fox News chant just continued. And, and they, they had planned this. They had clearly pl- planned and organized to attack us. And then they executed on that. So there was a... And they just kept chanting "F Fox News" and and then attacking us. I mean, it was it was a very it was a very simple paradigm. The video that's out there of this, because it is out there, there's one part of it that is pretty remarkable. And uh, we've known each other for a while now, gone out socially uh, before. Um, we agree on things, we disagree on things, we've agreed and disagreed on th- about things on air, both radio and Fox. Um, never have I been more impressed than watching you doing this. And at one moment, your camera guy starts to run and you say to him, no, 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 just walk. Don't run. Just walk. Talk me through that moment. This crowd is around you. This crowd is yelling at you. This crowd has stolen somebody's camera. This crowd has thrown a microphone at your head. The chanting is at this insane vibrato and you're like, don't run, just walk. Talk to me about where that came from. You just go back to your training and Christian Galdavini. I, I, I can't really remember. And I watching the video is a little hard for me. Um, Christian Galdavini is a experienced war cameraman. Uh, I think, I think actually we both may have been saying to each other into the security people, 
don't run, don't run. Um, he's a really there's few people you'd rather be in that kind of situation with who than him and handle it perfectly. Um, I think you go back to your training. Um, and you know, I, I spent a lot of time in the Middle East with, with folks who have been in these situations and know what it's like um, and know how to handle things. You know, you run, you have to, you, you can't run together. So you risk tripping, you risk getting, you know, the crowd chasing you in a different way. You risk being separated, which is how things go really pear shaped. So in, in part of our, the, the way we handle things and are trained when you're overseas is, you know, in situations you actually, you're trained to go on autopilot. So you're part of the autopilot is to say, don't run, don't, you know, like you, you have to force your body to calm down because you're fight or flight. You can't fight because we're way outnumbered. And, you know, that's never really, an, you know, that's never an answer. So flight is our only option, but, as your adrenaline is kicking in to run, you've got to be the, you've got to calm yourself down. Um, I, I sometimes use these techniques, uh, Tony, in our more uh, personal discussions, you know, over a few bourbons, you've got to calm yourself ah, down. Yes. Yeah. Don't run. Don't run. Tony will see the light. We, we Tony will, Tony will understand soon. Don't You're run. right. Tony will bring you to the light. This is absolutely true. <laughs> um, Let's step out of this Leland Vitter of Fox News and let's get into what we saw uh, across the country. Let me steal your brain yeah. uh, on this. Uh, San Diego to, to New York, here in Indianapolis, Lincoln, uh, Nebraska. We saw things near everywhere uh, across yeah. uh, the, the country. And one of the questions that I got asked on Sunday is, uh, what has President Trump said? And my answer was, I think it's less about what President Trump says and more about what we say. Um, are people on any part of, of the aisle uh, saying, why hasn't President Trump spoken out? And if he did, would anybody actually be listening? Could it actually calm things down? First of all, far be it for me to understand what calms things down and how thing, this this happens, because we're in a really unprecedented time in America. Perhaps the only the only thing we can look back to is 1968. Um, and Absolutely. You, know, you go to 1990, 1992 in the LA riots, and it was President George H.W. Bush then who in an Oval Office address said, you know, there are legitimate grievances and there are real problems in America. I'm paraphrasing here as related to the King riots brutality, but the violence has to stop and there will, we will use any and all necessary means to stop it. Um, and I, I don't know if we're at that point yet or not, because I was, I wasn't, really well enough aware of 1992 to, to compare, but there is a lot of pressure for president Trump to do an all oval office address. And then and there's obviously a lot of people on the left who say president Trump is the problem. So it, that, that pushes uh, and goes both ways. And, and the, the problem here, and you've talked about this too, and, and I have always applauded how willing you are to, to sort of be fair-minded and to not be dogmatic in, in picking sides that, America has a real problem as it relates to police brutality. We all watched the video of George Floyd, and you know that is not the first time that officer did something that was really wrong and, and was brutal to somebody because you never get caught on your first time. We all know that. And how do we as a country separate these two issues of stopping the rioting and the looting, which cannot happen in a civilized society, 
and 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 precludes having the conversation that America must have and and we must move forward from. And we will move forward from eventually because uh, there's always a better day tomorrow in America. That's that's the promise. That's what we all believe. And I don't I don't really know. It, and it, it's I think that I think that's what everyone is grappling with is where do we go from here and and where who leads us from this dark place that we are at? When we talk about uh, issues with police, the, the, the argument that I make is that certainly you cannot uh, point me to a system uh, of, of racism. You can get me to question whether or not certain police tactics are of value and whether or not they should be changed. It's just like the idea that you can't tell me all police are bad because they wear the uniform. That doesn't mean that there can't be bad cops. There are good cops and bad cops, good teachers and bad teachers, good reporters and bad reporters. It exists, and there are two sides of, of, of the bell curve. But the the bigger conversation outside of Trump is, has Washington gotten its head around the fact there's a difference between protesters and rioters? Because very often the Ocasio-Cortez set refuses to notice uh, uh, that the rioters are doing any wrong. Here in, in, in my city, for example, Andre Carson, who is proudly befriends Louis Farrakhan, has spoken out against what happened to George Floyd, but has not spoken about the riots in Indianapolis that have done millions of dollars worth of damage. There, there's. I think you are seeing the realization. In, in, admittedly, we can all agree, or we should all be able to agree, and reasonable people can agree that that violence is bad, and there is no excuse for violent behavior and looting and rioting, and there's no excuse for what happened to George Floyd. Period. Next point. The, the. The most sort of liberal and woke that you're ta- speaking about, I think, are coming around really quickly to this to this point. And I talked to a good friend of mine in, in Denver this morning who said his wife, who is in suburbia, is terrified as she watches these pictures. She's personally scared. And if we want to go out and zoom out to the political analysis looking now towards November, which somehow everything in America has become political – fine. You know, remember what happened in 1968 in terms of the election. Remember what happened in 1972 uh, of Richard Nixon's re-election. There was a reason for that. That was a direct response to what had happened over that summer. Um, the, the Nixon's promises of law and order, et cetera. You, that, there's going to be a translation there. And whether it's because people realize and they have their own moral compass that says we can't allow looting and rioting and it's wrong and it, it doesn't solve anything. Or whether there's a political realization that the American that the entire American public is demanding that we be free of this in our cities and that 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 this doesn't work. Either way, I think we're we're getting to that point. The problem that we're getting to and having covered a lot of riots and a lot of things in different cities in, in different countries. The longer it goes on and the more it spreads, the longer it takes to get under, under control and the more you have to do and the more, the more overwhelming force that needs to be brought. Because today in Indianapolis and in Washington, D.C. and around the country, there's all these people who have looted and rioted all night. 
and are home back home. And all of their friends who didn't loot and riot are seeing them with new sneakers, new iPhones, new sunglasses, new Lululemon outfits, et cetera. And nothing happened to their friends. who In New York, and it's new so Rolexes now, and it's new Gucci. Oh, and, and Chanel purses and everything else. And, and now everybody who didn't loot and riot last night went, well, I've got to get in on this. So they go out tonight. So tonight it's even harder for the police to stop because there's more people. And the next night and the next night, and it grows. And, and that is what I think perhaps the Acacio, the, the group you're talking about, who is not seeing the danger here or is not, is not addressing the danger here, uh, probably doesn't understand that right there is Leland Vitter, noon to two on Saturday, one to two on Sunday on Twitter, Leland Vitter, V-I-T-T-E-R-T. Uh, I'm glad you're safe. I thought you handled it extremely well, uh, and uh, we'll catch you again very soon. Much more to get to. I'm Tony Katz.